0: Father God, we just thank you right now for just everything that has gone on today so far in this service. We thank you for just how you're touching. We thank you for how you're moving. And God, um, I just pray that as this word comes forth, oh God, that it not be about me, God, but it be about what it is that you want to say. Just move by your spirit and touch each and every hearer, oh God. Lord, I ask that you would just open our minds, open our hearts to hear what your spirit is saying to us. And Lord, I just pray that even as I teach you, would continue to teach me, continue to give. Me, the words to say that would encourage your people and help us to go out and live stronger lives, more productive lives, oh God, victorious lives in you. And I give you all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so, um, this today, you know, we're continuing with our Charles Stanley um, lessons related to 30 life principles, I believe it is, and um, we are on principle seven and um. Ah, I think the echo was starting. I'm going to mute just so that way I can stop the echo. Um, There we go. So uh, with the 30 30 Life Principles with um, Charles Stanley, and so um, for today, I'm gonna to go ahead and give you the scripture references. There are a lot of references actually. Um, I'll give you um, the ones that I'm not really gonna talk about, but if you have the book, you'll see them at the beginning of the lesson. Um, and these are just fe- uh, people who are in the Bible who are examples of the principle for this week. Um, and that's gonna be Joseph out of Genesis 40, uh, Moses out of Exodus three, one through four, Hannah out of 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 20, Esther out of Esther 9, verse 22, and then also Ezekiel from Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14. So I encourage you to just, you know, go go deeper um, into learning about each particular person. But I'm going to try to stay a little more high level today um, and just summarize everything that we've been learning about uh, but the scripture references that I have for today are 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 17 and 18. And if you have your voice version that is going to come from page 14:18. And then also Romans 5 verses 1 through 4. in the voice that's page 1378. And then also First Corinthians chapter ten verse thirteen, and that's page fourteen oh five. John fifteen and five, page thirteen fourteen. Second Corinthians chapter twelve verses nine and ten, page fourteen twenty five. And lastly, James one uh, verses two through five. And that is page 1497. I think I'll reference a few other scriptures, but those are the main ones. So for life principle number seven, it says, the dark moments of your life will last only so long as is necessary for God to accomplish his purpose in you. And as I read through this lesson, I immediately thought about John 16, 33. It just says, in this world, you will have trouble. I just, I don't know why I've been thinking about that so much, but as I read through these um, lessons, that was the first thing that came to my mind. John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. And it's so important to constantly remind ourselves that we weren't promised a life of ease and comfort at all times. And therefore, it's important to prepare ourselves for those moments of darkness, difficulty, challenge, those moments when things don't go as planned. And Charles Stanley, he started off by saying that we're constantly dealing with trials in our life. We're either entering a season of difficulty, we're in the middle of one, or we're just ending one. And the trouble, as John 16 puts it, or the trials or the adversity, as Charles Stanley says, it covers every kind of difficulty. Sometimes we just want to put our difficulties in one thing, like, oh, our health is off. But there are so many different types of difficulties that we could face, different types of adversity. And that could be physical. It could be mental. It could be relational. It could be financial, spiritual, emotional, and if we look at our lives, I'm sure we all will realize that Charles Stanley's words, his words are true, that if, right, even right now, all of us are either in the beginning of adversity, we're in the middle, or we're in the end of a season of trouble. And knowing that difficulty is a part of our life for Christians and non-Christians alike, it's, it's one thing to know this, but having to navigate and live through those difficulties is a whole other matter. For many of us, we prefer to skip over the hard times. And sometimes we think that the more religious we are, the more good we do, the more we confess the word and try to do exactly what we believe God is telling us, the more likely we are to escape difficulty. But the truth is that no living human being will escape the experience of adversity in life. And the key, as always, is understanding the purpose of adversity and allowing God to do his work and manifest his life and his character in us. As Christians, we must view adversity in life from the eyes of optimism, from hope and faith, and not from a perspective of pessimism and negativity. So if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17... Again, I'm going to read it out of the voice. And um, if you have our version that we're using, that's page 14, 18. And it says, you see, the short-lived pains of this life are creating for us an eternal glory that does not compare to anything we know here. The King James Version of this same scripture, it says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment. And this scripture, it highlights for us the importance of viewing the adversity we face in the context of eternity and understand that it's only temporary. When we have the right perspective on adversity, we can see the bigger picture of what God is trying to do in us, what he's trying to do through us, and what he's trying to do around us. Sometimes we get so caught up in a particular situation that we forget that this is not everything. This is not all it is, that God has bigger and better things at at play here. And so you may ask, what is the bigger picture? You may ask, how can I look at the extended periods of adversity from a positive perspective? And Charles Stanley, he provides a few points for us to think on. The first point is that we mature in adversity. So if you go to Romans chapter five, verses one through four, page 1378, Romans chapter five, verses one through four, it says, since we have been acquitted and made right through faith, We are able to experience true and lasting peace with God through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, the liberating King. Jesus leads us into a place of radical grace where we are able to celebrate the hope of experiencing God's glory. And that's not all. We also celebrate in seasons of suffering because we know that when we suffer, we develop endurance, which shapes our characters. Which, our, When our characters are refined, we learn what it means to hope and anticipate God's goodness. And hope will never fail to satisfy our deepest need because the Holy Spirit that was given to us has flooded our hearts with God's love. God's goal is to mature us, to grow us up into a spiritual adult so we can live an abundant peaceful and holistically generous life. He wants us to become a living example of Christ in the earth. And this scripture gives you kind of that pattern for what for how it works is that as you as you accept suffering, as you accept adversity, not to say you have to hold on to it and expect it all the time, but as you begin to do that and understand that this is just a part of life and you begin to invite the Holy Spirit into the situation, then peace develops and endurance develops. Embell- develops, you know, and all of these things, grace, you know, everything, you know, our character, the character of Christ just begins to develop in us. And it begins to make us into the example that God wants us to be in this earth for for other people who are looking to know God. And so we have to realize that adversity is a path to maturity, whether we like it or not, it is a path to maturity. Adversity, you know, is also an opportunity for us to know that God is with us. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, again, that's page 1405, um, I'm going to actually read it out of the Good News translation. It says, every test that you have experienced is the kind that normally comes to people. So it's common, everybody's experiencing tests, but God keeps his promise and he will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to remain firm. At the time you are put to the test, he will give you the strength to endure it and so provide you with a way out. And closely related in Psalms 34 and 19, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So you can know that as you go through adversity, you are not alone. And the test is not gonna last any longer than needed to help you realize that God is right there with you, that he is supporting you, that he is helping you. And as we always say, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. You don't have to go through situations of adversity and think, oh, this is just something that's special, you know, for you, that you're the only one that's experiencing this kind of difficulty. Everybody's experienced it. It may be slightly different, you know, based on where we are in life, but everybody's experiencing trouble. And all we have to do is just realize that God is with us and he is using this to perfect his character in us using this to mature us and if we can if we can think from the perspective that God is with us and that we are not alone then i think it becomes that much easier to bear up under adversity and then the thing is that you have to know too that God is not going to put anything more on you than you can bear and i know we've heard that all the time but sometimes we think about the situation that we're in and it's like it's too much for us too much for us but the that's not the case, if you're going through it, then God is like, is is really telling you, you got this. You're stronger than you think you are. You're more resilient than you even realize you are. And all you have to do is just trust in him and hold tight to him. Closely related, adversity is an opportunity to know God more intimately and thereby thrive. John 15 and 15, uh, page 13, 14, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. Also, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses nine and 10, that's page 1425, it says, and he said to me, we've heard this over and over again ourselves, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me, um, may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong." With adversity comes an opportunity to grow in a deeper relationship with God as we acknowledge our dependence on him. And as we more deeply intertwine and abide in him, we will see fruit manifest in our life. These scriptures are promising the fruit of strength, They're promising the fruit of endurance. And what you just have to see is that you should get to a place or the goal is to get to a place where you take pleasure in whatever that comes, whether it's infirmity. Many of us, we fight battles in our own bodies, you know, with our health and everything. And so the thing is that whether it's a health issue, whether it's reproach and somebody's like looking at you and saying all kinds of wrong things about you, whether you have needs that are unmet, whether you're just being persecuted, whether you're being distressed, no matter what it is, you know, when you're going through things as a Christian, you are going through it for Christ's sake, because as you, because the thing is that the devil wants everything in your life to tear you down, so that way that witness of Christ's strength and his power can, like, be of no effect, but when you hold up under, when you get through a situation, no matter what it is, it is always a testimony for Christ, and it's to say that Christ's power is is enough, that it is real, and that anybody who holds on to Christ, they too can get through. The devil doesn't want that testimony to come out, but God has given you all the strength and the power that you need so that that so that, that testimony can be out there in the earth and people can know that they're not alone, that they that they can make it through whatever they're struggling through in their life. Charles Stanley, he asked a question that I think all of us should think about. He said, what is your longest running prayer request? And what makes you think God hasn't answered it just like he answered Paul's request to move his thorn? And I thought, in what circumstances could God be giving us the same answer he gave Paul, which is his grace is sufficient and he's therefore encouraging us to tap into his strength despite our weaknesses. We may not like that answer because most of the time when we preach, you know, as a church, nobody wants to talk about having to bear under with the thorn. You know, we want to talk about God's going to remove the thorn. But what if God doesn't remove the thorn in the same way that he didn't remove it for Paul? You know, we may not like that thought. But the sooner we acknowledge that God may be asking us to bear up under the hardship and continue to move forward under his strength and power, the better and more effective our lives will be because we won't be sitting back waiting for God to do something for us. We will start moving into what God has asked of us by faith and see God's presence and power go with us. Sometimes we're sitting back waiting for God to move and God is saying, I gave you everything you need. I'm waiting for you to move. I'm waiting for you to show that you trust what my word says. I'm waiting for you to show that you know that my grace is sufficient, that in your weakness, my strength is made perfect, that in your weakness, you can still get up and move and do whatever it is that I've called you to do. God is sometimes waiting for us to get up and show that we are his children, that we are his ambassadors. And no matter what we face, we're going to keep powering forward because we want that witness to be strong in this earth. Another key is that adversity produces joy and wisdom and patience if we allow it. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 5, again, page 1497, it says, Don't run from tests and hardships, brothers and sisters. As difficult as they are, you will ultimately find joy in them if you embrace them. Your faith will blossom under pressure and teach you true patience as you endure, and true patience brought on by endurance will equip you to complete the long journey and cross the finish line, mature, complete, and wanting nothing. If you don't have all the wisdom needed for this journey, then all you have to do is ask God for it, and God will grant all that you need. He gives lavishly and never scolds you for asking. The key here is to be able to to face the adversity in faith. It's natural to want to avoid or run run from problems and difficulty. But if we can learn to be still, anchoring ourselves in our faith and the completed work of Christ, we will learn true joy. And Rick Warren defined joy as an inner contentment and in knowing that God is moving on our behalf, which therefore gives us the freedom to praise Him in every circumstance. And I was thinking about what's the difference between happiness and joy because we can't, we kind of think that it's the same thing, but it's not. Happiness is an outward thing, you know, it comes because of an outward situation. It makes us feel good and we're happy. But joy is something that's more, actually, I think of it a lot like peace. I feel like joy and peace when I was looking into this, I was like, these are almost the same thing. It's that peace that's deep down on the inside, that contentment that's deep down on the inside. And it's like you being, it's when you get into that part of the scripture where you're, you know, um, unshakable, where, where you're unmovable, where you're always abounding in the word of God, like no matter what is going on, there is this, this, this. Mm, this happiness, this excitement that comes from the inside. And it's not dependent upon anything external, it's dependent upon the fact that Christ has done his work and that as you depend upon Christ then that work will be made manifest and you will have everything you need you will have that that type of peace where there's nothing missing nothing lacking nothing broken everything is already working together you know and you know that and so you can rejoice and you can be happy because you know that God has already taken care of it. you may not see it it may not be physically manifest to you, but in your spirit, you just know. It was almost like when I when I was you know worried about taking my my COVID booster, and I was just praying and I was believing, and then that that knowing inside of my heart came to me, and it was like you're not gonna have any issues, and I could walk around and I could be happy because I was like, yeah inside myself, I knew I wasn't going to have any issues. And so that's kind of what it is when you get into that place of joy, no matter what the circumstance is, there's just something deep or something, you know, more profound. And, you know, that's telling you everything is going to be okay. And so I'm going to rejoice because I know that everything is going to be okay. So, you know, it really is important for us to just recognize, you know, that in seasons of difficulty we shouldn't run we need to hold on we need to anchor ourselves you know it's really like to dig those roots even deeper so that that way you won't be like moving all around and trying to figure out like what to do and taking it in your own hands you know and then that way joy will be produced the scripture that you know i just read it also shows us that in the midst of adversity we can not only survive the situation But if we face it, we can thrive and succeed no matter what trial comes our way. That ability to continue succeeding in the face of adversity comes from the development of wisdom through the trial. Every time we pass a test, our faith and our wisdom, it grows, which gives us the confidence that God will guide us through the next season of difficulty. Sometimes we think that we're going to get the wisdom before we get into the situation, but we should realize that really the wisdom comes out of us as we're in the situation, as we're trusting in God and as we're going through it. And just like it says in James, if you're lacking wisdom, all you have to do is ask. God is going to give it freely as much as you need, because guess what? He wants you to get through too. It's not trying like he's trying to trap you and make you fail. That's not what he's doing. He's trying to help you to have the abundant life that he died, that Christ died to give each and every one of us. And the only way we're going to see that in order for us to really know what we believe, you know, and who we believe in, we have to be tested. I mean, think about it. Even in school, why do they test you? They test you to make sure you got it, you know, so that way you can move on to the next level. It's the same thing in our spiritual lives, the adversity that we go through, because it has to be difficult stuff. Because when things are going good, we don't push as hard. You know, we just just coasting. But when things start to go bad, that's really when you get to see what you're made of. You really get to see, do you have faith or not? And all of us have been through it where you go through something, it just throws you off so bad. You just don't even know whether you are coming or going. And it's in those moments that you can say, yeah, I'm definitely a Christian because I should have did this or I should have somebody talked to you wrong. I should have told them about themselves. But God, he rose up in you. And you just calmed down and you didn't say anything or whatever came out your mouth was said in love. And that's what this is all about. So that the character of God is coming out of you and it's, it's in you in such a way and coming out in such a way that you don't even have to think about it. The test comes and next thing you know, boom, you just you just living like Christ wants you to live. You're acting like Christ wants you to act. And so we have to not see our tests and see our trials as difficulties, as things that we don't want. We should invite them. You know, it's like when you, when you start to learn something, you should say, give me that test. I'm ready for this test because I know I'm going to come through and I'm going to show people that God is real. According to Charles Stanley, adversity is God's choice tool for building godly spiritual character into our lives. The adversity that God allows in our life is uniquely tailored for each of us. Since we are all different, God doesn't use the same exact trials in the same exact order for each of us. Because some of us, if he did do it that way, we're cheap. We won't even do what we need to do. We'll just say, oh, well, that person did this, this, this. You would try to get the answers to the test and then just go memorize them and then check the box. God's like, "Uh uh-uh. Every single person, when you come through this test, we will all, when we finish our test in a certain area, the character of God, should we should all look the same in terms of our character, in terms of how we respond, because that's what God is ultimately trying to do for each and every one of us. So, you know, God, he doesn't use the same exact trials in the same exact order for each of us. He loves us so much as images of himself that he uh, desires to design a life that helps us continue to grow as unique personalities in Christ. So as we face trials and adversity, we can't depend on someone else's experience because our experience will probably be different. I think that's why it's so important to learn and abide by God's principles. Principles give us a framework to live by and apply to any situation. For example, the principle of love. Because you know God is love and he desires to grow love in us, no matter what the situation is, we can ask ourselves ourselves. How is God's love manifesting in us and through us? Or how would someone living by God's love principle handle the situation? My answer might look a little different from yours, but in the end, God's love will prevail because we're all putting God's love first. And that's the same thing with adversity. There's principles that we can learn for how to navigate through adversity some of which I've already told you and Charles Stanley outlines in this scripture I mean in his um in his lesson and so the thing is that if we learn the principles it doesn't matter what the adversity is we can apply the principles and all of us will maybe apply it a little different because you know, we're just different people and that's not a bad thing. But we all know that God wants to use adversity to make us into a a shining image of his son. And so knowing that when we face something that's hard and face something difficult, what happens is we go deeper into the word, we go deeper into, you know, Christ, deeper into God in our relationship and out of it will be produced an answer to help us get through. That's what it means to be using principle. And so, in all things, we have to remember that we have a choice. Sometimes, you know, in our faith, it makes it seem like we don't have choices, but we always have choices. We have a choice to live by God's principles, and the subject of adversity is the same. You know, we can choose to focus on God and his promise to mature us and bring good out of adversity or we can focus on the trial and the difficulties we face, letting negativity and discouragement win. If we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter four, the message version for verses 17 and 18, it says, so we're not giving up, how could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. If we decide to focus on God, we can rely on him and his strength to bring us through. If we decide to focus on the trial, Discouragement and discontentment can set in and breed other negative thoughts and emotions and behaviors that will steal our life, our joy, our victory. In my mind, it's always so important for us to remember the greater purpose. When we thrive in the midst of adversity, then the abundant life of Christ will flow out of us and touch lives all around us without us even realizing it. When we model joy in adversity, then we serve as an example and encouragement to others who are wondering whether they can make it through difficult situations. So what will you do during hard times? Will you set your affections on things above or focus on the fleeting and temporary hardness that you face? The choice is yours, but I encourage you, me, I encourage all of us to choose life choose to go through whatever is necessary to have the beauty of the life of Christ flow from every fiber of our being and into this earth so we can truly see heaven manifest in our families and in our communities. And with that, let us pray. Father God, we just thank you right now for your word. We thank you, oh God, for this this message on adversity, oh God. Help us to understand that you're not bringing adversity. You're not allowing adversity so that it would tear us down and keep us away from the promises that you've given us. But you've allowed adversity so that you can grow us up, so that you can mature us and take us to higher heights and deeper depths in you. God, it's not always easy to hold up under adversity. It's not always easy, you know, when we're dealing with chronic conditions of any sort, whether mental, physical, emotional, financial, whatever it is, oh God, it's not easy. And we know that, but God, from this point forward, we are going to strive to hold tight to you and your word and to do what it is that we know that we can do, which is to to hold on to you and to know that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so we're going to glory in our weakness because when we glory in our weakness. We're acknowledging our dependence on you. We're allowing your spirit to come in and work in us and through us and to take us to that next place in you. And so, Lord, I just pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice, that whatever they face right now, oh God, that they will know, oh God, that you are with them, that they will be encouraged no matter what is happening, oh God, and that they will, and that you will bring them through this. You brought us all through so many things that we sometimes don't remember, we don't think about, but God, right now, I just thank you that you will bring to our remembrance the last time that you brought us through and help us to hold on to the wisdom and the knowledge gained and help us to hold on to the peace gained from those situations and know that this very thing that we're in right now, you will take care of us and you will bring us out of it. And it will all be for your praise and your glory and your honor. And I just thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen.